Well, uh, talking about uh, partying and looking into oneself and culture and finding a reflection of Africa, in uh, the Dominican Republic, they do uh, this looking inward as well, as well as in Puerto Rico and Cuba, Venezuela, Colombia. But now it's my pleasure to introduce my colleague, uh, Dr. Johnny Webster, who was born in the Dominican Republic. In the 70s, he migrated to New York City. He earned his PhD at the University of Albany. Dr. Webster is currently an associate professor of Spanish at North Carolina Central University. Among his published books are Pies Horadados, um, published in Santo Domingo, De la Cultura de Desigualdad al Espacio de la Violencia en la Novelística de Arturo Uslar Pietri, eh, published in the United States, En un Golpe de Tos Sintió Volar la Vida, eh, Octavio Gaspar Hernández, Obras Escogidas, eh, published in the United States. And uh, his work is part of the research collections of Ivy League universities as well as uh, various other institutions. Before coming to NCCU, Dr. Webster taught at Wesley College for over uh, nine years, where uh, as an associate professor, he was the first professor to teach courses in Afro-Hispanic literature. Now, Dr. Webster is going to do uh, a couple of things. Uh, first, he is going to do a reading of uh, his own poetry, and then uh, he was kind enough to allow us to see a documentary on uh, Comparsa in Cuba. Uh, he will talk about that too right after he does his reading. So please welcome Dr. Johnny Webster. I, I just want to thank uh, those of you who are here, who are here, and I would also would like to thank Dr. Hernandez for putting all this thing together, and those of you who uh, wait for us here from Duke University to kind of uh, fix this place and uh, and take this event uh, forward. Uh, this book is called Piesto Radado, which is lacerated uh, feet. Uh, when I uh, began teaching at Wellesley College, I. I, one thing that I, I was very happy that I was going to an Ivy League institution for the first time uh, in my whole life. I never thought that I would get there, but when I got there, um, I noticed uh, how lonely, uh, how I, I experienced solitude in a way in which I couldn't describe it. Uh, and while I was dealing with this solitude, with this loneliness, uh, I remember in uh, in a second year class where I took a course in bio, uh, in biography literature, and there I was exposed to the, uh, to a book uh, uh, to a biography uh, which which title was um, the biography of a runaway slave uh, of Esteban Montejo. This is the life of a runaway slave who ran into the hill, spent like 15 years over 15 years alone, and the book described how he deal with loneliness how he survived there alone and how he uh, was able to psychologically keep himself uh, in good health. Uh, when I was at Wellesley during those first three years, I kept reading this book just to survive, just to deal with loneliness, just seeing, the, seeing myself as the only black male there in all this, uh, in a women institution, and just I was the only black face on campus, the only male black face on campus. For years after year, it kind of... Uh, kind of have a, a, a repercussion in your psychological system. 
So I wrote this book as a response to that. Uh, and the title of this book is called Pies Oradados. I have not translated this poem, so those of you who don't, uh, who don't have a, a, a grasp of Spanish may just have to listen to the rhythm since we are just celebrating the spirit of the rhythm. And rhythm uh, comes in any language, in any tone. It's just the beat and the rhythm that is important to understand. So Pies Oradados, which is lacerated food, uh, in uh, Latin America, and especially in the Caribbean, uh, peasants, some peasants don't wear shoes and after a while you can see the feet they kind of a sort of a disintegrate uh, on the back and that is the title of this uh, book of poems Pies Oradados I'm going to read some of the poems uh, and I will explain you more or less the content of them uh, this uh, poem will describe how slaves were brought up to all uh, the country of, of Latin America today and uh, in this poem I describe that, that experience and this is how it reads. It says, Fuiste tú, Montejo, aquel que con sus pies oradados recorrió este continente americano. I'm asking a question. Desde Argentina hasta Brasil, desde Venezuela hasta Ecuador, desde Colombia hasta México, desde Trinidad hasta Santo Domingo, desde Estados Unidos hasta Canadá. Fuiste tú, Montejo. Dime, fuiste tú. Uh, the next poem um, uh, describes uh, uh, his experience uh, living in the jungle and running away from the people who were chasing him. Uh, and uh, I tried to, cap to capture that experience while he's running and, uh, and, and looking for a place where he could save himself from those who were uh, behind uh, him. This is... Bajo el roble verde, con su médula horadada y su llanto verde, tus pisadas se abren al polvo del camino. A la cima de una historia poblada de gente, con huesos desnudos, manos callosas, pies horadados y luz en la mirada. Corre y no descanse, no mire hacia atrás. No te detengas bajo la luz. Busca los pinares. La pendiente y su verde meseta, el molusco y la roca sedimentaria. Escóndete en las estrellas, abrígate en el sol. Sigue el olor de las amapolas, las margaritas, los gladiolos, las gardenias, mas no te detengas. Los narcisos llenarán tus pupilas de lluvia y el sapo errante se posará junto a la luna y te harás reír a carcajadas. Será como un sueño perdido en el espacio del tiempo. Algún punto equinoxial recogerá tus datos. El crustáceo abismal sentirá el pulso de tu cuerpo y los caballos marinos se posarán en círculo a tu alrededor. Y en la arena, la palma solitaria Con su polen primaveral contemplará las huellas de las viejas torturas y seguirás allí presente como testimonio de la existencia. Ahí no te detengas. Deja atrás el surco y su semilla, el cielo gris con sus días de lluvia. No permitas que el cansancio invada tus pies. Mantén la marcha continua del camino 
del pájaro peregrino sigue el paso de la alegría donde la nada no teme perderse jamás te detengas ni la niebla que muere en la cima ni los chubascos que besan los ríos impedirán tu marcha corre y no te detengas uh, ve hacia allá hacia la ruta infinita donde la memoria empieza a vivir allá pellizca de la cintura a las horas a los días y a la misma vida y entonces una copla al viento sonreirá uh, <coughs> So I describe how he's running into this space, into this nature, looking for a, a place where to hide, looking for a place uh, where he can save himself. ¿Dónde estaban? ¿Dónde estábamos mientras tú corrías? ¿Qué hacíamos? ¿Dónde dormíamos? ¿Qué pensábamos? ¿Qué contábamos? ¿Qué leíamos? ¿Habíamos aprendido a regalar la rosa sin darle espina? Habíamos aprendido a conjugar el verbo amar. ¿Quién te vio salir aquella noche de lluvia sin decirte adiós? ¿Qué sentiste cuando te marchaste solo, cuar barco sin rumbo fijo, con tu corazón empuñado de alegría y el olor de las flores haciéndote compañía? Con nuestros días habituales, con nuestros ojos habituales, con nuestras ideas habituales, ¿qué hacíamos mientras tú corrías? That previous poem I describe, uh, uh, sometimes we describe ourselves as a revolutionary people or, or as progressive people, but when we look back at the time, we, we may say to ourselves, well, we were not progressive because we didn't jump into the wagon of history. And that poem that I just read dealt with that uh, element. The next point, which is part of that chasing of this running away, says, Levántate, huye, antes que vengan los perros hambrientos en pos de tus huesos. Zambúyete en el lago, deshidrátate en las piedras. Las estrellas saldrán de noche a hacerte compañía. Huye, márchate en silencio. Penetra la corteza seca del pino. Y allí observa al enemigo pasar en busca de tus huellas. Antes que te arañen el mantel de tu cuerpo prohibido, corre. Llega al fondo del río. Quédate allí zambullido y con tan solo una minúscula porción del aire en tus pulmones frustrará, frustrará la búsqueda del enemigo. And uh, finally, I come to an end uh, with uh, this poem, uh, which reads, Ay, uh, amigo, fuiste un ser sincero, de donde sale el sol, de donde muere el viento. Esteban era sencillo, de donde cantan las flores, de donde siempre hay pan, agua y vino. Montejo fue un ser amable, de donde cantan los pájaros, de donde ríen los pinos. The experience of Esteban Montejo, uh, he spent uh, approximately 15 years alone in the jungle surviving. When he comes back at the age of 20, uh, 25, 26, uh, he integrates himself into society. He finds that uh, the slaves were free in Cuba at the point when he comes back, 
and he began he begins he began to work in the sugar mills. He lived until the, until the age of 105. So in 1962-1963, they interviewed him, and he gave that account of his life. So he survived most of the people who chased him, and most of the people who were. <laughs> Thank you very much. Dr. Webster? Uh, yes. No, I am going to change a little bit the program, uh, and uh, we're going to, because we're having uh, some technical uh, problems with the thing. So, uh, we have Professor De Bella, uh, also from NCCU Department of Art. He was born in Ethiopia. He graduated from the Addis Abeba School of uh, Fine Arts in 1967 and completed additional training and Amadou Bejo University in Saria, Nigeria in 1972. A few years later, he relocated to Baltimore, Maryland, where he earned master's degrees from Morgan State University and the Maryland Institute College of Art. He also pursued doctoral studies in computer graphics and art education at Ohio State University. Achamela de Bella teaches at North Carolina Central University, where he is a full professor of art and computer graphics. He recently spent a year as a Fulbright Scholar in Ghana and Ethiopia. And this summer he joined the uh, Afro-Latino American Research Association and we were lucky enough that he came and he captured a lot of the images from the artist's point of view. Uh, not to say that I look good in the photographs, you know, but uh, you know, it's pleasing to see these buildings, uh, not, not from the perspective of uh, you being there, but from the perspective of you being there. You know, and this is only possible when you have a person dealing with a camera. So please welcome uh, Professor De Bella. He has some of those photographic cards. Well, even though we have a, a technical problem, we will reduce that screen into the smallest <laughs> proportion possible. Okay, great. So that you can see, you can still see it. Can All right. This table? Yeah. yeah, we can, we can use that. Uh, and uh, hopefully the battery will not. <laughs> okay. I must say that uh, Professor Hernandez, uh, for giving me the opportunity want to talk to him about the kinds of things that I am interested in. That is aspects of human experience that would allow me to, to grow both spiritually as well as also share what is most interesting to me as a person. Uh, in that conversation, uh, he handed out his book to me and he said I'll give you both uh, the Hispanic version, version as well as the English version and read the English now later on when you learn Spanish <laughs> see if you can get some sense out of the next one. So having uh, read the book and also uh, been interested history and also of what what we are about uh, in terms of the larger 
aspect of life that is the universe. Uh, it's it's always interesting to learn how many people are still discovering who they are and resisting to learn about who they are. Resisting from the historic point of view of what has been shared by humanity wherever we are. And also still not accepting the fact that there is an origin somewhere that has scientifically been proven. And this, this summer, I was in Ethiopia for a very brief uh, period, preparing uh, the last leg of a, an exhibition, which dealt with, of, uh, which, is, which deals with three generations of Ethiopian artists. Uh, I have the opportunity as an artist not only to participate in the creative process, but also to, to talk about my colleagues who have made every effort to share creatively their humanity, their experience. And I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity for a nation, for a country, whose images have been uh, through NBC, ABC, CNN. Everything that you see is about hunger about people who, are, who have famine problems all the time, or some kind of man-made war. But one forgets the fact that this is, as I tell my students when I first start to lecture uh, at NCCU, that my name is Achamele Debala. I am from the place where man originated. And of course, you, you see the face you know, changing. And of course, we, we, we have this wonderful opportunity that, that is in, in, in terms of my experience this summer. Uh, I went to the National Museum to borrow uh, a piece of work, a small portrait by a 19th uh, century Ethiopian artist by the name Agenio Ngeda, but a beautiful portrait uh, for which they want you know, to have a, a million dollar insurance. Uh, and in the process of negotiating that and talking about, you know, explaining why I needed to borrow that, that, that piece uh, and, and trying to, to uh, tell them how important it is to show generations of uh, artists who have devoted their work towards expressing their culture and also uh, change and exchange could be very well told through these works. And, uh, this, and they said, uh, this is contemporary, isn't it? Yes, I said it is modern art. It is from the time of the Emperor Haile Selassie up to now, so 1940s, but also a little bit of history behind it. 
Then they said, oh, this is wonderful because Lucy is traveling. Actually, they said, Dinkanesh is traveling to the US. Now, how many people know Dinkanesh or Lucy? <laughs> An American archaeologist who uh, was uh, digging in the Omo River, south of uh, uh, Ethiopia, once this, well, was called upon to come and witness a finding by an assistant who, who happens to be an Ethiopian. And, and he says, Mr. Johansson, Mr. Johansson, come, we have found something. It looks like something that you might be interested in. Uh, it so happened that this person was basically a helper. So he showed to the gentleman, the professor, this piece. And of course, as they dug further, they found a skull. And then they found a little bit further away a rib cage. They found a little bit further away a humor. They found a little bit of bones all over, which when they put together happened to be the oldest finding on earth of the human uh, skull and anatomy. And it so happened that that is indeed the first woman that happened to be uh, walking or remains of uh, a woman that uh, the Ethiopians called Vinkanesh. Thou art wonderful. So it, it is interesting that this comes to Houston in 2007. And uh, we also have this continuity and uh, change an exhibition on contemporary aspects. Now, why I am mentioning this is very, very important to me because when I went to Veracruz to attend uh, this conference, uh, I was not exactly sure uh, what I would be uh, finding. Uh, but I knew that I was going to learn about the Mexican blacks who have made a contribution to the development and advancement of the culture in Mexico. And this was even further uh, enriched by the various papers that were presented uh, at the conference, whereby I learned that the visual uh, arts, particularly through graphics, are also being produced right now by children of the Afro-Mexican uh, background. And there was an exhibition that showed me a great deal of connection in terms of the culture, in terms of the daily life and experience. Children do not like children have a very innocent way of expressing what they witness and what they think is happening. And if we look very closely, 
then we would see their daily experiences actually manifesting all kinds of interesting connections to the Afro-Mexican cultural experience. As a very interested boy, uh, and, 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 and since I am interested in, in taking images, on a daily basis I sort of try to uh, get an account of my, my experience. And in some of this, uh, you would uh, witness that uh, my own enjoyment uh, and daily encounters are involved. So this is part and parcel of what that Mexican uh, experience has produced from, from my own uh, uh, eyes or through the, the digital camera. So I will try and see if I can uh, share that with you. And I, I uh, hope you can, you can see it, but we can make it a continuous loop because I have so many of them. And uh, I needed some kind of a musical uh, connection to it. So if possible, maybe done in this field, uh, but it must be mentioned, and I must mention this, 
uh, he has uh, he has been uh, a founder of many of these uh, organizations that exist today uh, on Afro-Hispanic studies. It's a modern city and uh, it does have uh, some services like water, electricity, color television. But you know, there is also some rhythm, there is some flavor to things. You can find some excellent seafood at a very reasonable price. It's not quite the type of experience you get in this area. <clears throat> That's uh, the town of Yanga, is arguably one of the first free towns in the Americas. You know, that's being playing against Colombia. Colombia has Palenque San Basilio, which uh, was actually became a free town a few uh, days before. Yanga, the only difference is that uh, Palenque San Basilio was never accepted or recognized as a free town. People have to fight. Well, I think they still fighting today for a recognition. But uh, while Yanga actually made arrangements with Spanish authorities who were there uh, a big group to visit the area and uh, it, it has become now or it's becoming a major stop when people come to Mexico. Uh, this uh, was a prince, an Angolan prince, who fought from the very first day he was brought into the continent. He fought for his freedom and he actually established uh, a town up in the mountains covered the Perote region in uh, Cordoba. And, uh, he led uh, a group of about 400 people, Amerindians of First Nations, uh, African people, their offspring, and they actually were up in arms for 30 years. They fought the Spaniards. And this, is what's interesting is that they would do guerrilla warfare because they actually got their weapons, their clothing from the uh, travelers that went in between the border of Veracruz and Mexico City. They would come down from the mountain, uh, seek them at certain spots, and they would take their things and run away. And the uh, army, the Spanish army force, you know, did not know the territory as they did, and they had a hard time uh, catching up to them. This is Professor Octavio Garcia Mundo, Professor of History, the other uh, gentleman, is the director of the uh, archaeologist, the director of the museum in Yanga. So this, at the end, we're, we're planning to do during the spring break in March a major room by in San Juan de Lua. And so we want to meet, you know, Father Glenn from Trinidad and Tobago as well. He's going to lead some people from the Afro-Mexicans from the Pacific Coast. We're going to come and meet for the first time with uh, people in the West Coast from Mexico who didn't know of each other's existence. Believe it or not, this is how marginalized people are. <coughs> And we're inviting some uh, Afro-Hispanic poets and writers to come to the area and witness with us so we can talk through the red tape and talk about these uh, events, you know, what happened that has not been registered by the historian. What about Afro-Brazilian? Actually, actually, I don't like those terms, you know, at all. I just use them because uh, that's what's involved. Actually, the modern Afro-Hispanic, it's the uh, Hispanophone Africana that Dr. Smart has mentioned. But of course, as Latin Americans, we'd say Afro-Latin Americans, if you will. But I like to say Afro-Americans, or better yet, Americans. 
because the Americans are the people who are mixed. Whether we look white or whether we look Indian or whether we look Asian, we are of African descent. We are almost Africans, African. And whether you know we are uh, here in the I, I know that because I don't rob me. It's Queen's Duncan. Uh, it's against me. He says, no, 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 no. Now don't take my blackness. Now that you made me black, I want to be black. You are going to be a distinction. I said, no, I am not going to be anything I don't want to be. I'm going to be what I want to be. You know, I just want to be a human being. Of course, I have to recognize my origins in Africa. I have to. I cannot negate the rhythm. I love rhythm. I have. I love this music. I love food. And I have a lot of affinities with people, with people in Colombia, with people in Venezuela, and with people in Chile and Argentina. You know, I like tango. But yes, that's an excellent question. Afro-Brazilians, well, most Brazilians, just like most Mexicans, are Afro too. And they negated just as much. <laughs> This right here, this this place is really interesting. This was the garage. Uh, it's like the the car garage in uh, front of my compadre's house. Uh, last year we found ourselves sitting in the garage drinking some beer, not to wake everybody in the house. And as we were sitting there, I said, why don't you just sell me this piece of the house so I can build myself a room? I come here every year in my family. And he said, ah, nah, 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 nah. So we finished the beer that, and we came back our way. And this year when we went back, I come to find out he's beautiful. A bungalow. It has a beautiful bathroom. It has all of the all of the what, what we need is there. Yeah? <laughs> he saw this garage. It's been turkey. He wants us to to be back every year because I was talking about starting to go to Trinidad. Like I went to Trinidad, the yeah, for invitation, Doctor Smart's invitation, and I, and I fell in love with the place. Although I must confess that the plane went right by the Orinoco as it was going to land. And I said, you know, I got to go there too. So. <laughs> Dr. Antonio Tillis. <laughs> there are several very interesting uh, architectural structures, but also monuments that actually uh, remember the achievements of people. What is, what is missing is the contribution of the Afro-Mexicans, which I hope will be Well, basically what it is, is, is the negation, because it's there, you can see it, you know, if you look at the colors, you look at the, the sounds, you look at the food, you look at the, the, uh, the behavior, you can see that. When uh, a professor Lever and I walked together in the street, they thought he was Sarocho and not me. But I was Ethiopian. You know? <laughs> <laughs> when I came to Trinidad, they thought I was a Trinidadian. I thought your smart was a North American. But uh, Veracruz during the colonial time was, uh, a, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the, 
was actually invaded in 1683 uh, by Lorenzillo de Graf. Uh, that's how they call it in Mexico, Lorenzillo Lawrence de Graf. He was a pirate. Later on, this pirate would be recognized by the French government. And uh, he actually is one of the founders of Mobile, Alabama. Uh, but meanwhile, he uh, ransacked Veracruz and he did something terrible for the Veracruz people as I read the history. He put 4,000 people in the cathedral, forced them all in there. But you know what? It was a terrible thing that the majority of Veracruzanos were Afro-Veracruzanos and the high, high ups didn't want to. So that was the most terrible thing in their experience to be shared in the same space in such a close quarters. <coughs> This, this is uh, students, uh, uh, one of the features of this uh, event is that I, I invited, I started talking to some of the students and invited four of our uh, students to make presentations during the conference and uh, they there, they took the challenge and uh, actually were uh, hard working, came and did some excellent presentations. Uh, Penny Redding, one of the students, introduced uh, something that I must confess I had heard but I wasn't really aware of, that the uh, Underground Railroad didn't only go to Canada, but actually went into Mexico as well. And she mentioned a case of a person that had gone all the way into Michoacan. And half, half the people in the organization wanted to see the information. I'm still waiting for it. I'm not going to be handling any very soon because people want to see the source. But I, I had heard about this. I had read there is a book called The African Presence in Mexico, a part of a bigger project, the Ruta del Esclavo. And uh, they mentioned this uh, fact. <coughs>